Okay. If you have your Bibles with you, if you could uh, uh, be finding your Bible, we're going to be turning to that in just a moment. That would be really helpful. We're uh, on our final week. Already? What do you mean our final week? Our final week of five weeks looking at how we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And just as we start, I want to just say, friends, it may be the final week, but hopefully it's just the beginning of something a bit deeper and a bit stronger. Please don't think our focus is coming away from being people of the Spirit. Far from it. This is one of our core values. It's part of who we are as a church. So even though we're going to move on, and uh, in fact, next week, uh, we've, we've got a, a special guest speaker. You may uh, have picked that up in Dave's email if you get his email. We've got Mick Taylor from uh, Bournemouth, City Gate Bournemouth, part of the Commission UK leadership team with us next Sunday. And uh, he is such a gifted preacher and teacher of God's word. I'm so looking forward to having him with us uh, next Sunday. But uh, this week, we're going to wrap up our series looking at the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I've got a question. There's no prizes. I'm sorry to say I should have stolen a couple of chocolates out of the uh, basket on my way in so I could lob them around as prizes, but I forgot to. Um, We're using three words at the moment to describe the journey we're on. Anybody like to tell me the first of those words? Let's get them in order. Just shout it out. Disciple. Great. Okay, we want to be disciples. We want to be People who understand what it is to be sons of the Father. Children of God. That's what a disciple is. It's who we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are. And then we live that out in what we do. And then what's the second word we want to use to describe this journey we're going on? Where we're heading as a church? Spirit. Fantastic. I would have run out of chocolates by now. Too many people are answering. This is brilliant. We want to be a people of the Spirit. That is, we want to walk hand in hand with the Spirit who equips us and gifts us in all the things that we need to live this life of a disciple. And then the third one, obviously we haven't yet got onto this one, so this one may be slightly more challenging, but hopefully you remember what the third one is. We're going to pick this one up after Easter. We want to, so we want to be disciples who walk by the Spirit and do what? Kingdom. The kingdom. We want to see the kingdom of God come. We want to play our part in seeing the kingdom of God come in every place that we go. Because of who we are, we take the kingdom with us wherever we go. So whether you're like uh, Peter, uh, who was in, I can't remember where you were, Las Vegas was it this week? He takes the kingdom of God even into Las Vegas this week. Or whether you're just in Alton all week, you take the kingdom of God wherever you are in Alton. You take it into the shops wherever you go. You're looking to see the kingdom come wherever we are. And it's not just through what we may use the dreaded E word, evangelism, seeing somebody get saved. That's great. That is a sign of the kingdom. But actually we bring the justice of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God into all sorts of situations. But actually as the Spirit leads us and as he gifts us also, we can bring signs of the goodness of God. We can pray for people to get healed and people uh, to see or to be raised up from the dead. That's a frightening prospect, isn't it? What would, do if, what would you do if you had that opportunity? Get excited. Get excited. Reg, I love the answer. Get excited. See, we're we to be people, sons of the Father, who walk hand in hand with his spirit, who see his kingdom come. That's what we said. That's what we're looking for. And so today we're just going to wrap up what it is to uh, what we mean by this word spirit, what it is to be people who walk hand in hand with the spirit. And we're going to be looking at particularly what it is, uh, uh, what it means to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be looking at today. But please, friends, let's not forget it. (laughs) Just because we're going to move on into the next part of our series or even have a couple of weeks where we're going to do some other things. We've got Mick next week, then we've got Baptisms week after, and then Easter Sunday, a glorious occasion where we're going to celebrate the risen Christ. Just don't forget, though, we still want to continue being people of the Spirit. So, 
Um, I guess also when we come to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as is often the case with many things, our background, our experience can often colour how we approach this. So you see, for me, before I was even saved, uh, I was going out with a Christian girlfriend and she took me to, I can't even remember what it was, but we were, we, I, we were uh, I think it was near Bury St. Edmunds in Suffolk, if I remember correctly. It was a, we went to this sort of Christian event thing. It was like a festival, I suppose. And this, this bloke that she knew, we were talking, and he, he goes to me, he goes, uh, so have you got the gift of tongues? Now, I'm not even saved at this point. I don't think anybody's ever told me that, what the gift of tongues is. I don't think I've even heard of the phrase, the gift of tongues. And we will explain what that is in a moment if you're sitting here wondering as well. My response was this. Well, I know a bit of French. I'm pretty rubbish at German. And I learnt Latin when I was very young. They laughed. <laughs> but I didn't know what it meant. And, you know, our experiences can colour our expectations. And I want to encourage us this morning... Let's allow the word of God to shape our expectations. Let's allow that to create expectation in our hearts and our minds. And then let's look for God to do what he says he does in his word this morning. Rather than thinking, oh well, yeah, my, my background's this, therefore. Now God wants to meet us in his word this morning. Do you know another uh, experience I had was this. After I got saved, I got saved at the age of 18, there was a group of us who used to meet on a Friday night to pray for revival. We'd gather in a friend's room. He lived in a converted garage behind his parents' house because they'd adopted some extra children, so they converted the garage, and he, he sort of lived in this garage, converted garage, that was his room. And, um, and we, we would gather there about 7.30 on a Friday night and pray till midnight, every Friday night. And uh, we, we, we actually did that for quite some period of time. But, you know, as part of it, we used to pray for things like, we'd pray for revival, and we'd pray for each other to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I remember for years, we, we prayed things like, you yeah, know, Lord, would you give me the gift of miracles? Because, yeah, well, it's there. Shouldn't we pray for that, therefore? Surely it's just the same as the gift of tongues, isn't it? What, what makes one more important than the other? Surely... Things like that. And we pray for other gifts like that. But do you know what we never did? We never went to put them into practice. And I want to encourage us not only to pray and to expect, be expectant of receiving the gifts of the Spirit today, but then also to have a confidence in God to start to put them into practice. That's the slightly risky bit really, isn't it? It's okay to keep it theory. It's when we say, well, that's going to affect my life, that it starts to get a little bit more challenging. But friends, let's not play with this stuff. Let's do it. Because that's what God's looking for. That's what our Father's calling us to. He says he's got good gifts for us. Good gifts. And as we'll see in a moment as we read scripture, they're gifts which we're to use for his glory. So if you've got your Bible with you, please turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. If you're not sure where 1 Corinthians is, it's in the New Testament. Get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four Gospels. Keep turning through Acts and Romans and you'll come across 1 Corinthians very soon. And uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I could also, though, be reading from other parts of the New Testament. This is not the only passage which refers to spiritual gifts. If you're making notes and you want to go away and read wider, you may want to look at Romans chapter 12 as well. Um, that has uh, some great comments in there about spiritual gifts. You may also want to look uh, at Ephesians chapter 4, which is more talking about uh, gifts of people, um, particular gifts of people, uh, can, uh, that how people can become gifts to the church. But this is the passage we're going to look at today. Now about spiritual gifts, this is verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Anyone here want to be ignorant? 
Anyone here want to be ignorant? Hands up if you want to be ignorant. No, okay. So we need to read this and understand it, don't we? Because we don't want to be ignorant. He's obviously suggesting that um, there was something needing to be corrected here in Corinth. Saying, hey, come on, guys. Let's just get clear about this. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. <clears throat> there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To the other, the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And Father, we want to ask, would you please come and speak to us through your word? And in your word, would you meet with us and would you equip us and empower us to live this life you've called us to? That of disciples walking hand in hand with your spirit who advance your kingdom. Come, Lord, we ask. We say we're expectant because we know you're a father who loves to give good gifts. Come, Holy Spirit of God, draw us into the word. Draw us to our Father. And we say, Holy Spirit, even as I'm speaking this morning, Lord, <laughs> would you come and distribute gifts to your church? I pray for an impartation of gifts of the Spirit across the whole of this church, both up here but also downstairs, even supernaturally <laughs> amongst the children and the children's workers and those who serve us so well Sunday by Sunday with our youth and our children. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Be poured out for the glory and honor of your name. Father God, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> we have this passage. He starts with these wonderful, immortal words, really. I don't want you to be ignorant. I find that encouraging. Paul's trying to help us. He's yeah, he's trying to help us to understand that actually there's something really important here. And it'd be very easy to press on very, very quickly and ignore the next couple of verses, really, and just get into the gifts of the Spirit. But actually, verse 2 and verse 3 are really important in this. Because he's giving this comparison. Verse 2, he's saying, this is the way you were. Basically, you were enslaved to false idols. Deaf and dumb, mute idols. <laughs> That's how life was. Before we got saved, we were enslaved to sin and the effects of sin. And then he has this wonderful phrase. Therefore, I tell you that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is, the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation. He, involved, he draws us to the Father. And the, uh, the result of the Spirit residing in us, living in us, is going to be that we want to praise God. That we want to glorify him. That's, that's a sign of somebody who's filled with the Spirit. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit in us. Is that, you know, actually, when we're speaking by the Spirit, we're wanting to bring glory and honor to Jesus. We want to bring praise to him. That's something of work in the Spirit, of the Spirit in us. We say, Jesus is Lord, because it's the Spirit, actually, who works in us to draw us to the Father. To show us the sun, all the sun's done, that we can be free of our sin. But he then unpackages it, says there are different kinds of gifts. Now, I just wanted to take a, a, a few minutes just to unpackage the language he uses here. Because in verses 1 to 7, he, use, uh, he uses five different Greek words 
And I'm not going to get into the Greek massively. You'll be glad to hear because I'm not a great scholar of Greek. <laughs> and I'm rubbish at my pronunciation of Greek. But he uses five different words, all of which have similar but distinct meanings. So in verse 1, uh, he talk, it says now about spiritual gifts, if you're reading uh, in the NIV. Uh, actually, the word there is spirituals. It's not the gift's been added just to try and help people understand what it's getting at. The word, though, is spirituals. That's the literal translation. In other words, what he's saying, first of all, is these things, they manifest something of the, of the nature of the spirit. I Not of our spirit, but of the spirit of God. That's what the spiritual gifts do. They bring a manifestation of who God is. Okay, they're a manifestation of who God is, the nature of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. So they're not about us. It's not about our spirit. It's not about what I can achieve. It's not about me knowing French, Latin, and German. No, 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 no. This is something of the divine nature. Something which is beyond us. Then in verse 4, where it talks about there are different kinds of gifts, the word there is, uh, it is gifts or gracelets. Gracelets? What, 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 what language are you in now, Andrew? <laughs> gifts of grace. The charismata. It's the, it's the word from which we get the word charismatic. We talk about being a charismatic church, a church of the spirit, of the grace of God. The charismata. They're grace gifts. What he's saying here, uh, this, this word is showing that actually these are things which we don't deserve. These are things which we don't earn. These are gifts from almighty God. And so you know, let's, let's, let's just be clear on this. You don't have to be mature as a believer to receive the gifts of the Spirit. You don't have to be perfect apart from the perfection which comes in Christ when we repent of our sin. It's not about how good you've been this week. It's not about how well you know your Bible. It's not about how much you've prayed or how much you've worshipped or how much you've given or anything else. These are gifts, grace gifts from God, which he chooses to distribute as he wants to. They're undeserved. We can't earn them. They're gifts. You know, I don't know, you know, for those of you who received a chocolate this morning, did you earn that chocolate? Did you earn it? Did you deserve it? Were you, did you come thinking, I want my chocolate. I deserve my chocolate. I have worked hard all year and I want my chocolate. And if you don't give me one, I'm going to be well upset. Sorry? Yes, absolutely. Well, there we go, Helen. <laughs> well, the grace of God says, have a chocolate. Whether you've earned it or not and whether you deserve it or not. And man, do the ladies of our church, do our mothers deserve so 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 much more that's just a little gift isn't it though it's a sign of love it's a sign of grace and the gifts of the spirit are just that they're a sign of God's love and grace they're undeserved they're the charismata the grace gifts of God moving on verse 5 there are different kinds of service this is another uh, word which uh, is picking up this whole thing again that actually the gifts of the Spirit are about serving one another. They're about servanthood. They're not about status. They're not about what I can achieve, what I, how good I am that I've got to this level that I now have this gift. No, the, the gifts of the Spirit are here to serve one another. They're, they're, the, 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 the closest English word, or I say English word, the word which we perhaps would know, which this uh, Greek word links into, would be that of a deacon. Now, some of you may have been in churches which had deacons in the past. Deacons are people who are gifted to particularly serve a church in a particular area of church life. Maybe one day we'll have deacons reestablished in this church. We'll see where we get to on that one. Ah, but it's a biblical concept. You can read about it in the scriptures just as you can read about eldership in the scriptures. 
It's, it's, it's recognizing the ability, the distinct way in which people can serve. They're about serving one another. It's not about a platform. The gifts of the Spirit aren't about a platform for look how good I am, look how mature I am, look what I've achieved. No, no, no the gifts of the Spirit are there to serve one another, to enable us to serve and love and care for one another. And not just one another in here in terms of a church setting, but one another in the world around us. Uh, verse 6, it would be the next word. These are, uh, are different kinds of working. Workings. It's another uh, word which is uh, talking about spiritual gifts here, different kinds of working. The, um, the, the best way to describe the Greek word would be this bursts of divine power which demonstrate God at work. That's what, these, that's what this word means, working. It means bursts of divine power. I mean, I, 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 I read that and think, oh, yes, please. Bursts of divine power, which demonstrate God's at work. You know, we, we live in a world which has fallen and which wants to ignore God. As God gives us the gifts of his Holy Spirit, which are for, not just for us inward looking, but for us to use out there, People look on and go, wow, maybe there is a God in heaven. When people see somebody getting healed, it challenges the framework which says, well, you can't do that sort of stuff. It, you know, it begs the question. You know, that's part of my testimony. Age 16, Roman Catholic priest on my 16th birthday, 23rd of October, 1980. A Roman Catholic priest prays for me to be healed, having been on and off crutches for 10 months, with the doctor saying, we don't know whether you'll ever get better. I walk into the, his, um, his manse on crutches. He prays for me. I walk out on my own two feet, and I cannot but accept that something has happened and I go on a two-year journey which results in me coming to faith in Jesus. That's the power of God at work. Divine bursts, bursts of divine power. Gifts of healing. But it's not just gifts of healing. These gifts, all of them, actually say something about the nature of God. Here, we're going to talk about the gift of giving. Some of you may go, oh, that's an interesting one. Gift of giving, what, like money? Yeah. Some people in, in our church here will have that gift, a particular ability just to be incredibly generous. Now everybody's thinking, oh, I hope I don't get that one. <laughs> don't worry, you ask and receive. But actually some people here maybe have already got that and are enjoying it because it's actually an incredibly privileged thing to do. But, you know, if we were to put what happened over the last two Sundays in the Alton Herald, church gives £50,000 over two Sundays and increases its pledges to the church building fund by £650 a month. By the way, sorry, it wasn't quite 50000 but it was very close. I can't remember the exact number. 47000 something, something, something. People would go, they're nuts. They're absolutely nuts. And then if you were to say, well, actually, that same church gave another 50,000, give or take a few pounds, only back in October last year for their building fund as well. And actually, they give generously, regular giving through tithes, tithing their income, giving a tenth of their income. People would look on and go, what on earth are they on? Because it's just so different. Church, by the way, I just want to say, well done. And thank you. Thank you for the trust you're demonstrating in that giving. Thank you for, your, for the trust you've put in the trustees and us as elders for how we handle that money and use it well uh, to make this building accessible. I really want to thank you for that. And uh, God, just blows me away. Blows me away. It's such a privilege to be part of a church like this. A generous church. Workings, divine birth, bursts of divine power or energy which demonstrate God at work. The, the final one is this, verse 7, uh, revealings. Now, each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. Or, uh, sorry, sorry, revealings. Manifestations, a, a revealing of God at work. Manifestation means it's to show off, it's to de- demonstrate, to display, to reveal God at work. And so we've got these five different words, spirituals, gracelets, acts of service, 
workings and manifestations. They're all talking about the same thing. These are the spiritual gifts. And if we think about it, they've got a number of things in common. They're first and foremost grace gifts. They're given by God as gifts, not earned. Their purpose, as with the work of the Holy Spirit, because they are gifts of the Holy Spirit, ultimately are to glorify Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit's here to do, John 16, verse 14. That's why he comes. He comes to glorify Jesus, to draw people to Jesus, to bring a revelation of the grace of God demonstrated in Christ. And that's what these gifts ultimately are here to do. They're signs of the kingdom coming. They speak of something which is completely different to the world around us. And you may say, well, so how's it work? Well, or how's this happen? How's, how's that happen? How's it happen? Well, it happens in this way. The gifts of the Spirit build up the local church, as we've read here in the second half of that passage. In fact, can I say this? If they don't exist in a church, I believe that church is weaker because of it. We need the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just... Well, it'd be nice occasionally, you know, we, we feel better if we have a tongue in our meeting every month or somebody prophesies occasionally. No, 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 no. We need these gifts of the Spirit, actually, to be church, to be that body. We need to meet with, with Jesus. And this is one of the ways in which we meet with Jesus. We actually need them. I want to encourage you, come expectant. Come expectant of the gifts of the Spirit to be at work. Now, you can come expectant in one of two ways. You can come expectant as a, particip- uh, as a participator, i.e. somebody who goes away and thinks, God, what have you got for me to contribute this Sunday? Or you can come as somebody who just looks on as audience. And I want to encourage us, let's be a people who come as participators. As people who've said, Lord, what have you got for me to do today when we're meeting on a Sunday? Or me to do today when we're meeting midweek? Or what even have you got for me to do in my place of work or or at the school gate or in the shops? What have you got for me to do today? And we actually go asking. Have you got a word for me to share with someone today? Are you going to put me in a situation where I'm going to meet somebody who needs to know something of the grace of God? Almost definitely, because we're surrounded by a world which needs to know the grace of God. So what have you got for me to do today with the gifts you've given me? What, what, what would you like me to do? And you see, we can, we can so easily just sort of dial back and think, oh, we'll just let it all happen around us. I pray for the day when whoever's hosting the meeting has got such a long, a long queue of contributions we're having to turn people back. Not because I want to turn people away, but just because there is such a sense of us as a church of pressing in and looking for God's gifts. And they're well distributed amongst us and well used by us. I pray for the day when we are telling regularly stories of, I was walking down the street and I bumped into this person and I just felt God had something for them. And so I was able to share it with them. Or even better, that person's here because they go, I met Jesus on the street the other day because this person used that gift. Wow. Now, it's, it's already happening to a small degree. But wouldn't it be great if it was greater? Yeah, amen. Thank you, Anthony. Amen. And each one of us, you see, this is the whole thing. These grace gifts, because they're not earned, each one of us can receive them. Each one of us can have, the, uh, have use of the gifts of the Spirit. And each one of us, therefore, can play our part. And see, ultimately, the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for us as a church to build up the local church. They're for effective mission. Acts 5.12. They're for effective mission. The gifts of the Spirit result in mission. They're not just for me. They're to equip us to love the world around us. And they bring their signs of the kingdom coming. But note one thing. We aren't going to have time to go on to it today. 1 Corinthians 13 follows 1 Corinthians 12. 
Yes. Think I get that one? That's very profound, Andrew. Do read 1 Corinthians 13. Why? Because it's about how we handle the gifts of the Spirit. They're, done in, they're used in love. They're used in love. They're used in love. Not to achieve a platform to make me look good, but to serve a people with the love and grace of God. And let's remember that's the context for spiritual gifts. So you may be going, okay, this, this sounds good. How? How do we get hold of spiritual gifts? How does it work? Well, they are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, they come from being in relation with him, relationship with him, from walking with him. So can I suggest if we're not walking with the Holy Spirit, we are going to probably struggle to find spiritual gifts and use spiritual gifts. By the way, they're not something we possess. They're something he gives us. So actually, we use them out of dependency on him. It's not like, well, I've now got this gift and I can ignore God because I've got this gift. I'm in control. No, you're not. No, no. They're a gift which comes out of relationship with the Holy Spirit. As he leads us, as he guides us, as we walk hand in hand with him, he points things out to us. He says, hey, look at that person over there. They need to know the love and grace of God. And then he says, speak to them in this way. Tell them about me in this way. They come out of relationship. So we need to be walking with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, God decides what we receive, but he gives generously. But it's okay also to ask. So yeah, that that last part of the, the final verse we read, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now we could get a bit fatalistic about this and say, well, I'll just wait until God lands something on me, but I'm not going to ask. I think the issue with that is we are encouraged to ask, first and foremost. We're encouraged to look for it. But also, to me, it just seems like, well, I can't really be bothered. But if God's God sort of going to take over me in some way, it can sound very spiritual, but it's not. No, spiritually, we go, we go look. We say, God, please. I'm looking for these gifts, God. I'll, I'll, I'm happy with whatever you give me, but... I'd like these things, Father, because I want to bring glory and honor to your name. Let's not be Christian fatalists. Well, God will do it if he wants to, and if he doesn't, that's fine. No, no, no. God encourages, come and ask. Come and ask. Father, who's got good gifts, loves to give to his children. So we can ask. But do you know what? A bit like me, you could ask, but then never do anything with it. You could ask for the gift of miracles and then never ever pray for any. It took me a few years to realize that on that one. I just expected them to happen. I don't know why I did. You could ask for the gift of tongues and never open your mouth and therefore never bring a tongue. Oh, hang on a moment. What do you mean, Andrew? Well, many of us would use the gift of tongues. I want to use this as a bit of a worked example just for a couple of minutes. Many of us would say we have the gift of tongues. We've received the gift of tongues. What are tongues? It's speaking in godly, God-given languages, which we don't recognize. Okay? That's what it is. Speaking in other languages, celebrating, declaring the glory of God, all sorts of other things. But we won't necessarily recognize those languages. Interestingly, though, others in our midst may. So... A few years ago, quite a few years ago now, we had a, a Philippine, uh, sorry, it wasn't Philippine, he was Thai, sorry, a Thai man in our church, man from Thailand in our church in Bournemouth, and we had a leadership summit, and we were worshipping God, and I brought a tongue. And then Guy brought the interpretation of the tongue. And then this man, Sitanun, goes, wow. Guy, you've built virtually a perfect translation of that tongue Andrew bought because that's my home dialect of Thai. And your intonation was slightly wrong in what you brought, but actually the, the essence of it was absolutely spot on. And of course, a, an interpretation of a tongue is an interpretation, not a translation. I've had a friend who was uh, uh, working in India in a very remote rural part of India and prayed for this little Indian lad to receive the gift of tongues. 
My friend was American. Um, virtually no English people or English-speaking people have been in this part of India. It's going back 30-something years. And uh, he prayed for this little boy to receive the gift of tongues. And this boy starts to declare the glory and praise of God in the most pure blue blood English accent. I say old chap type accent. Extolling the glory of God. Now, my friend, even though he was American, could just about work out what was going on. But this little lad hadn't got a clue. To him, it was a tongue. And there's many accounts of this sort of stuff happening. But some of these languages are languages which are also lost. We don't need to go looking for that. But it's just to encourage us that sometimes I think we think, oh, tongues are just weird. Tongues are weird because we don't understand what we're saying. But God does. And, you know, as far as I know, I've never spoken in Thai. I've certainly never learned Thai. And yet, in that instance... I'm speaking in a language this man understands. Weird. No, God. That's how tongues work. But do you know what? If you don't open your mouth, you'll never speak in tongues. If you don't use your voice, you'll never speak in tongues. Now, you may say, well, how do I know I've got the gift of tongues? Well, if you've asked for it, and if God's good, there's a high probability he will give it to you. What often gets in the way is our thinking and our minds. So I remember when the first time somebody prayed for me for the gift of tongues, I'd been a believer about six months, and suddenly I had these weird words in my mind, and I thought, oh, I'm just making that up. And then I mentioned it to the person who prayed for me, and they said, well, Andrew, do you have a history of making up words? I had two options at this point, madness or accepting that God was at work in my life. No, of course I didn't. I didn't have a history of making words up. So... I only had a couple of words. I thought, well, that's hardly a language. And my friend just said to me, well, start speaking those out and God will add. And that's what I did. And, you know, for some of us, I think we have an expectation we'll, it will just happen. We'll sort of be sitting there and somebody will pray for us for the gift of tongues and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. The gifts of the Spirit come under our control. It's not the Spirit takes over us I've heard people say that sometimes. Oh, well, the Spirit's just taken me over. No, he doesn't do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have control. You can decide whether to open your mouth or not. But let's. Let's engage. Let's declare the glory of God using the gift of tongues. And obviously there's uh, tongues which build us up, but there's also tongues which are for public use and for interpretation. We could talk a lot more on that, but we are running out of time fast. So spiritual gifts require obedience when we're prompted to use them. If we're not obedient, I would suggest to you it will affect our walk with Jesus. Because ultimately we're saying, well, Holy Spirit, you're telling me to do something. You're, you're prompting me, you're directing me to do something, and I'm going to ignore you. Now, I don't know how you work in a relationship, but generally speaking, if somebody ignores me, I tend to think, well, okay. I'll go and talk with somebody else. And while I'm certainly not wanting to put a man limitation on the Spirit of God, because that wouldn't be right. He's the Spirit of God, and he's all-powerful. There is that sense, isn't there, that actually if we're going to be disobedient to what, when he prompts us, when he calls us, when he directs us to do things, then actually we've got a relational difficulty we've got to resolve. And if we keep on being disobedient, we may find those gifts dry up. And you can find lots of people who would say just that, that they had the gift of this, but they stopped using it for whatever reason, and now it seems to have stopped. Now, that isn't some sort of penance, then, that you'll never have it back. You, you, of course, we can repent of it and say, God, I'm sorry, you were giving me these things that I wasn't using it. Please forgive me. And would you restore that to me? Because God is good and gracious and loving. And because there is forgiveness in Christ Jesus, he loves to do that sort of stuff. Because he wants us as a church to be well equipped. So let's use the gifts of the Spirit as we gather and as we go. There, for when we're gathered, whether a few of us or whether all of us together, but also they're there for when we go. When we go to work, when we go home, when we go to school, when we go to college, wherever we go, whenever we go, they're there to be used. Let's have an expectation of using them. Let's not let them lie dormant. If you know you've received some gifts of the Spirit, 
Don't let them lie dormant. Now, you may say, Andrew, you've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, so we know what they all are. What are they? So, I think we've got a PowerPoint on this one. Thank you, David. Right? Thank you. Um, we've done this. We've created a simple guide to spiritual gifts. Two sides of a piece of paper. You don't need to start writing them all down. You don't need to take photos of them because as you leave, you can pick a sheet of paper up with them all on. Okay, they're brightly coloured sheets of paper. They'll be by the doors as you go out, on tables by the doors as you go out. And it's not an exhaustive list, but it's most. Okay? And so we've got, at the moment, on this first slide, you can see we've got prophecy, teaching, exhortation, giving, and leadership. Okay, those are some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If we move on to the next slide, you've got mercy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, some more gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you move on to the next slide, you've got healing, you've got miracles, you've got discernment of spirits, you've got tongues. Okay, so those are some more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If we move on to the next slide, you've got interpretation of tongues, you've got gifts of administration, of helps, of serving, of speaking. These are all gifts of the Holy Spirit which he wants to give us today. And that's where I'd like to stop and say, what would equip you in your walk with Jesus? What gifts do you desire? You may say, Andrew, you went through that list far too fast. I did because what we're going to do in life group this week is look at it together. And we're going to pray for one another together to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit there. But if there was something which stirred in you this morning and you thought, yeah, I'd love to receive that gift. Maybe you've used it in the past and for whatever reason it's died off. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'd just love to receive a gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know I've ever received any gifts from the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're thinking, it's that one. I've always wanted to pray for people to be healed and see people healed. I've loved the gift of uh, of being able to pray for people to be healed. Or maybe it's the gift of miracles. It's okay to ask for any of these gifts. Okay? We all need to, though, act of faith, out of faith with them. And live it out. And take some risks. So I want to invite you, if you would like to receive any gifts of the Holy Spirit today, whatever it is, to stand at this point, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God for an impartation of the gifts of his Holy Spirit to come on us. The only condition I've just... Or the uh, public health warning. That's the phrase I'm after, not condition. There is a public health warning with this. Folks, if you're not planning on intending on using whatever God gives you, don't ask, because it really isn't a great idea. That's not because I don't want people to use spiritual gifts. But if you're going to play games with God and say, well, I want these gifts and then actually I'm not going to use them. I'm not sure that's a great recipe for a relationship with God. But if you're actually going, no, actually, Lord, I know this will help me. I know it will build up the church. I know it will help me to be missional and to reach out to others. I know this is biblical and, God, I need these things. I want the gift of tongues. I want the gift of prophecy. I want the gift of discernment of evil spirits. I want the gift of words of knowledge. I want to be able to encourage others. I want to be able to be somebody who gives. I want to serve. I want to help. I want an uh, administration. Whatever it may well be. All these different gifts. Please stand now. Now, I can't give you anything. Hallelujah. I'm so glad about that. Because they come from God. So I'm going to pray a prayer, which you're welcome to mirror or reflect back to God. Use it into your own language. Basically saying, Father, would you please come and give me some gifts? And then you tell him what you're asking for. It's as simple as that. And then pause. Then pause knowing that we have a good God who loves to give give gifts to his children and then be expectant and then take steps of faith 
to put it into action. A step of faith may be starting to speak out. That old phrase which suddenly comes to your mind. The step of faith may be that you see a picture and you realize that God's speaking to you and giving you a picture. Maybe it's for someone. Maybe you'll bump into somebody later on and you think, oh, that's for them. You just know it. Let's take steps of faith. So, Father, we come to you knowing that you're a great God who's generous in all his ways, extravagant even, in all your ways, and that you love to give gifts to your children. And we want to be a people who are well-equipped for all that you've called us to. As the Holy Spirit, would you come and impart gifts of your spirit across this auditorium now? As each one who's standing, or even maybe still sitting, just says to you what they're looking for. What's stirring in their heart? Just tell him now. Now receive. Receive gifts from your Father in heaven. Receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just as you're reaching out, receive gifts. Whatever it is you're looking for, receive gifts from God. Gifts of his Spirit. Impart them to you in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, impart them. Distribute your gifts liberally across this, this church, this body. Come and distribute them liberally. We pray. More. More Holy Spirit of God, we say. More of your spirit. I want to encourage you. Be active in receiving. You can say, thank you, Father. I trust you. I trust you. I'm looking to receive that. Now, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Receive gifts from God's Holy Spirit. Receive them. There's, some, uh, there's a few people here who've said, God, I want the gift of healing. I feel God would just say to you, even now, he's giving you an ache in a particular part of your body. It wasn't there earlier. And that's just because that's for somebody else. It's a sign of somebody who's ill and God wants to heal them. And if that's you, that you ask for the gift of healing and you know you've got that ache in your body, can you just come forward straight away? Don't hang around because you're going to share that now. Scary, I know, but you're going to share it now and then we're going to pray for people to get healed because God is about something amongst us. So don't hang back. Work your way forward now. I've got a microphone here. Come on. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. There'll be others. He's giving gifts. He's giving his gifts. Receive of his holy, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Keep receiving. Be active in it. Don't be passive. Thank you. Thank the Father. Thank you, God, you give us good gifts. We receive these things. We receive them by faith. It's not about how good we are. It's about how great God is. Hallelujah. 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 Do you want to go for that? I feel like I'm kind of interrupting. No, no, keep going. It's okay. You keep receiving, but if, if what Ali's bringing is for you, then you can respond on this. I kind of wondered about this earlier. Um, I, I, on the day I gave my life to Jesus, I know that he um, kind of imparted that gift of healing to me. And I just ran with it and saw the most crazy, exciting things happen. And, um, and that happened for a few years. And then, you know, I, I let that lay dormant in me for various things that went on and happened in my life. And um, I've kind of just said to God, you know what, I'm so sorry that I haven't used that for your glory. And I repent of that. And Lord Jesus, would you just, you know, give me a fresh anointing to that this morning. Great. And... Um, I kind of have this feeling here, somewhere here in my stomach. Like I don't have anything wrong with this. It's just kind of, kind of to the right above my hip, in between belly button and hip. Um, sometimes that does happen, and I sometimes think I know who it is. <laughs> um, so if you want me to pray for you, even though I'm standing here, like kind of shaking and like nervous, I'm not nervous to pray for you because I know God will heal you this morning. Oh, okay, so let's just ask. Can you put your hand up if that's you? Because Ali's going to come and pray for you. Somebody else will join Ali, particularly if it's a man. Yeah, okay, we've got a few. Ali, you're going to be busy. Could somebody join Ali from the prayer team, Sean or Helen, uh, depending whether it's a man or woman, and go and pray for these folks. There's a lady on the, just behind Peter here. There's a few, okay? Great. Now, keep, just go for it, go for it. 
Keep receiving. Jesus is in the room. Holy Spirit's about giving gifts. For some of us, we've always struggled with this idea of tongues. And the Spirit's just starting to put words in your spirit. And so what we're going to do now is we're just going to raise our voices and thank Jesus for what he's doing. And as we all raise our voices and give him praise and glory, why don't you start to speak out in that loud hubbub. Nobody else is going to be listening to you. Why don't you start to speak out those words? You may only have one or two words. Just start speaking them out. Start speaking them out. So let's lift our voices all together. Let's thank him for what he's doing. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Keep going, keep going. Uh, if that's you and you, you've prayed for the gift of tongues, just use those odd words which have come to you and keep using them. Keep using them and you'll find it just grows. So that, let faith grow in your heart as you're using them. Let's keep praying. Let's pre- keep celebrating God. Let's keep delighting in him. Yeah. Okay, now uh, it would be great just to provide opportunity to pray for anybody. Okay, so if you've, you've come to the Father asking for something, you're not sure you've received it, and you want somebody else to come and pray for you, please, we are going to conclude our meeting at this point, but please work your way down to the front. I'm sure the children's workers, even though we've already overrun, will be happy to serve you by hanging on to your children for another five minutes or so so you can receive prayer. If you aren't wanting to receive prayer, though, could I encourage you, if you've got children, please go and collect your children as we are going to formally bring our meeting to conclusion at this point. Uh, Refreshments will be served out in cafe rafters, but please keep this area at the front available for people to come and pray. And uh, please avail yourself of that. Do you know the most lethal thing about an army is when it has weapons? And God's giving us weapons as his army today. So receive them and let's use them. Thank you so much.